afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Rest Hold Wrestling Podcast, where every week I provide a rest hold for our mental health through the guise of professional wrestling. I'm your host, Jeff Pomaccio, and you can follow me on Twitter at JeffIsElite. That's at J-E-F-F-I-S-E-L-I-T-E. This episode is going to be a fun one as I'm going to recap my experience of attending AEW live from the UBS Arena on Long Island in Elmont, New York. I also did write an article about this, and I'll be continuing doing a series of articles that will be posted to my Twitter. So again, follow me on Twitter for all the latest Rest Hold news and updates, as well as go to ProWrestlingTees.com, search Rest Hold Wrestling Podcast for all your Rest Hold merch. We do have five designs up there, most recently having added one a couple weeks ago. Again, those are all inspired by our favorite AEW superstars, and you could probably figure out who inspired which once you take a look at them. So I encourage everyone to go over to Pro Wrestling Tees and check it out. So we're going to jump right on in to my experience at the UBS Arena. And I have to say, I really enjoyed the entire night from Dark to Dynamite to Rampage. Every single show, while you can tell that, yes, there are clearly different shows and different segments being filmed, it almost felt like going to a pay-per-view. And I've been to a number of AEW shows. I was at the premiere show in Washington, D.C. I was at Grand Slam. I went to the Philly show. This was my fourth show. And then I will be going to the Newark Prudential Center show on January 5th, which is the debut episode of AEW Dynamite jumping over to the TBS network. So I do expect that one to be a great show. I'm so excited for Winter is Coming on Wednesday. I know everyone is excited to see Hangman and Danielson. And I think that the past show on Long Island did a great job in leading up to that show. Unlike the Barclays Center, which I attended a show from the other company a few weeks ago, The UBS arena has so much room to walk around. You really feel as though you're not on top of one another. Even when you're getting food, you can feel as though you can sit back and relax. They have benches. They have space to walk. Being a Long Island native, I really appreciated all the little nuances like the mural of Jones Beach and showcasing famous Long Islanders around the building. That's just something that I personally enjoyed. But also... The accessibility was really easy. I know that the train's not complete yet, but it is right by the highway. The train's there too. So it's a really great alternative option, especially if you're not a fan of going into the city with COVID obviously still affecting everybody. And we hope everyone is staying safe. Um, And that was really big to me, was just how well organized getting our vaccine cards was checked, being accepted, knowing that we were safe in the building. I chose to wear my mask. I know there's a new mandate in New York, but I honestly don't mind wearing a mask. Um, It's something that I have found actually a lot of comfort in. I don't know what that says about me, but um, overall, I felt very safe in the UBS arena. I definitely did not feel as though everyone was on top of me. I felt like I was able to enjoy the show from start to finish. One of the gripes that I do have, and this is very shocking for me to have a gripe, But it was similar with Grand Slam is I really feel as though not enough merchandise is brought to shows. Not enough merchandise is brought to live events. I don't know if that's because all of Shop AEW is run through pro wrestling tees and their shirts are mostly print to order. So they don't know really how much to bring to live events. But I think there was only two merchandise stands throughout the entire arena. And I think there needs to be more. 
I think there needs to be more, and I think they need to curtail their merchandise to the performers who were there. I had the pleasure of meeting Max Caster and Chris Statlander the following night at Creative Pro's Toy Drive put on by the Major Wrestling Figure Pod, and I would have loved to have been able to purchase either a Caster shirt or a Claim shirt, a Statlander or Best Friend shirt, even a Dark Order shirt because Cole Cabana was there also, but there wasn't any of that merchandise to purchase. Yes, they had the exclusive Punk shirt that I already picked up. They also had an exclusive Cole shirt, which I was I wasn't really interested in that one. It just had an AC on it. I am looking forward to getting one with the actual bomb on it because with Adam Cole, you know it's all about the boom. But the merchandise that I did pick up was I finally got the Statue of Liberty in New York Skyline hoodie, which is really cool. And then I got this shirt that I didn't see before. I think I've seen it maybe on Pro Wrestling Tees, but it was a uh, AEW established in 2019 shirt almost looks like the title in a lot of ways but the reason why i got it is again i was at that premiere show at the capital one arena back in 2019 so that was a pretty cool shirt for me to be able to pick up and i finally got an aw hat that's been something i've been kicking myself but always too cheap to order online so i was really happy that i finally bit the bullet and picked that up while at the show like many i was very excited to see njf get his hometown reception but i will tell you I tweeted this too. I do not care that MJF is from Long Island. I lost my voice cheering for CM Punk. Even as he came into Long Island and trashed Long Island, trashed the Islanders, I lost my voice in support of CM Punk. He is my hero. I'm very upfront about that. Meeting him was one of the best memories I have in terms of professional wrestling memories because he is my voice. When I... I say he's the voice of the voiceless. I'm the one referring to being voiceless. And you might say, well, that's kind of ironic. You host a podcast, blah, blah, blah. But there's been no one who's been able to articulate my feelings as well as CM Punk, whether it was the pipe bomb, whether it was when he came back, even during his that 18-minute promo he had with MJF to open up Dynamite the other week, there's nothing like it and nothing like seeing him live and being in his element. And I think being that they have the opportunity to flip the switch and let CM Punk kind of work heel in Long Island, that let him get those creative juices flowing again. And I cannot wait to see what he says and dishes out this coming week at Winter is Coming. Aside from MJF, though, the Long Island pride was felt from the top to the bottom of the card. We saw Tony Nese and Alex Reynolds have a phenomenal match in dark we saw Chris Statlander featured multiple times on the show, including the return of Trent Beretta, who is from Syosset, a Long Island native, and he brought out with him his mom, Sue. We all know her from her minivan, driving the minivan into the arena, and really having this mother and son moment, which was really touching. Um, and I think that you often don't see true emotion in pro wrestling. And when you do, it's really exceptional. And AEW has done a tremendous job at actually showcasing that. And then we got to our main event, which was John Silver versus the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. And that was quite a sight to see. I said last week that I thought that their match style was going to be very similar in their movesets. And it was. We saw them trading holds and locks. And we saw Johnny sitting up and laughing in Brian's face. But Brian not giving in and continuing to kick his head in, causing Johnny Hungy to go unconscious to end the match. And I think what that does is it shows us that even though there's always going to be a winner and a loser, when it's booked right, your losers do not have to come across weak. And that was definitely the case 
with Brian Danielson and John Silver in your main event of AEW Dynamite last week. I was very happy that we got a moment from Cody Rhodes. I'm a big Cody Rhodes fan. I'm a big fan of the Rhodes family. If I haven't mentioned this before, I'll share the story again. Dustin Rhodes was my favorite wrestler growing up. As a kid, when I saw a Goldust figure on the shelf, I thought it was Tommy from the Power Rangers. And ever since then, I've always been a supporter of Dustin and the Rhodes family. So when I got to see Cody, that was really cool. Just he came out for a second and he even, you know, is still teasing, still teetering this heel turn. I personally don't think he is ever going to turn heel. I kind of enjoy that he's almost becoming AEW's version of John Cena in that fans, a lot of fans are begging for him to turn heel and he just won't do it. He even teased walking back out of the heel tunnel on stage, but then realized it and turned back around and walked out the face tunnel just to keep that consistency. And you know, people say Cody Rhodes is overproduced, but that doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that he knows what he's doing. He has a plan and he's sticking to it. It also warms my heart to see Eddie Kingston get a small run in. During his match, he didn't even have a match, but he ran in and he helped in the match and it made a way that it let him know that New York is his home too. It doesn't have to be the city. Yes, Long Island is, we're very proud to be from Strong Island, but we're part of the greater New York. So that was really cool to see Eddie also get his moment running out in front of that New York crowd. If you did not watch last week's episode though, and you could only watch part of it, I highly suggest you just watch the little vignette that they gave MJF prior to his entrance in the Diamond Ring Battle Royale. It was so perfect. I'm sure I appreciated more being from Long Island, but the references to Ralph's Italian Ices, to Bagel Boss Bagels, all these little things that you only would know are accurate if you're from there, goes a really long way. And again, something that I've always said, AEW respects their fans. And by doing little things like that, it showed us that they actually do respect us. And that was tremendous, I think, for everyone in attendance of last week's show. We also got the real treat of seeing the long-awaited debut of Hook, and he backed up all the hype. From having Action Bronson with the chairman's intent to his entrance music, to the look of his gear and his boots and the way he taped his hands, you can tell that Hook is taking this seriously. I don't know if it's because, obviously, Taz is his father, but again, he's a Long Island native, and you saw that Tony Khan wanted to give this Long Island crowd a sense of pride. And that was beaming from Nassau to Suffolk County. And I think it was crescendoed with the opening with MJF and the closing with the future of AEW in Hook. It really was a sight to see. Myself as a fan really felt appreciated after Rampage when Tony Khan came out to speak to all the fans who were there and let MJF come out again too to really get that hero's welcome. It really was the proper crescendo and a way to end the night on a positive note. And this short and sweet episode is going to be brought to an end. Like I said, I did do a full write-up and article on my experience at the UBS Arena for AW Dynamite, which I will post in this episode's description too if anyone is interested in reading it. If not, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at JeffIsElite. That's at J-E-F-F-I-S-E-L-I-T-E. And you can go over to Pro Wrestling Tees if you're interested in any Rest Hold Wrestling podcast merchandise. Thank you so much to everyone who's tuning in. Stay safe and be elite.